Hello, everyone. Welcome to our bonus episode of Exploited. I'm Alexis Chowski. I'm Kevin Daly. And here we're talking about Mad Max 2 The Road Warrior from 1981, directed by George Miller. In the future, cities will become deserts. Roads will become battlefields. And the hope of mankind will appear as a stranger. alone against all odds. He may be the best chance we've got. You want to get out of here? You talk to me. I first saw this movie i had no clue what to expect like i was back in high school and it was on monster vision hosted by joe bob briggs wow and you know i was expecting some like good horror movie or something and he's like oh this post-apocalyptic cars everywhere and i'm like oh this sounds like boring because i'm not a big car person yeah and then I sat down and, you know, it ended up being like one of the greatest fucking movies ever. And I was like, oh my god, I love this. Had you seen Death Race at that point? No, I had not. Okay, so you, you introduced the concept of these kind of car movies that aren't really car movies. <laughs> no, and we didn't really even have... It at the dawn of the PlayStation 1 era, so we didn't have so, no Twisted Metal or... Twisted Metal was just a little ways off still, so... Yeah. Kind of bring that idea to the... To the non-movie-watching masses. Yeah, so we didn't really have all that yet, and this movie is just fucking amazing. There, this is, it's a much more consistent uh, movie than Mad Max. Yeah. This one knows what it wants to be, and does it very well. Yeah, and we start with an old man narrator. War. War never changes. Practically. I mean, you know Fallout took a lot of its oh, aesthetic yeah. from these movies. 
I think every post-apocalyptic game and most post-apocalyptic movie basically took everything from Road Warrior. Yeah, Road Warrior, huge cult film. Very, more influential than Mad Max. Mad Max is almost like an afterthought people watch out of curiosity these days. You want to start this series, you watch The Road Warrior. There's no reason. I mean, watching Mad Max is fine, but you don't need to watch it to see Road Warrior, and the Road Warrior is the one that really establishes the uh, the vibe. Yeah. Right down to the weird leather daddies that populate the wasteland, apparently. And we have the um, the narrator that's talking, like, the before times. Yeah, yeah. I know. It's, it's like a myth. He's telling the story like a myth. I'm like, how yeah. far ahead in the future is this? In the days of Black Fuel, there were cities of pipe and steel, and two mighty tribes went to war. <laughs> I think he's just Judging by when we figure out who it is at the end, I think he's just being uh, melodramatic. Yeah. Um, Poetic license. But he remembers the road warrior, Max. I do like the, the, the narrator here. It's, it's, very, it's very poetic, and I dig it. And one good thing about this movie is this entire movie is Max's redemption arc from the first movie. Yeah, yeah. Because in the first movie, he's concerned about, like, I'm becoming one of them, and he does become one of them. Yeah, he does. And he just kills people, and that's it. Takes their shit. Yep. And this is his redemption arc. It's uh, how Max got his groove back. Yeah. But then lost it again. Yeah. He's out on the road, and he's in this big ol' car chase with a gang. It starts. It starts right with a road fight. As it should. And he has a dog now. Whose name is Dog? Yes, his name is Dog. And he gets, dog meat. he gets away from the, the road gang. There's this weird set of road signs that are pointed at all these other cities like Los Angeles, 4,000 miles. London. Oh, have you never been, ever seen places like that? There it goes, like Paris, you know, whatever, 10,000 miles, like you're in yeah. fucking San Francisco or some shit. I have not seen that before. Oh, I've, I've seen those in various touristy places before. But I, I could obviously tell it was probably a, a gag sign like that. Yeah, it's like, exactly. Who the fuck is going to drive from Australia to, well, to anywhere that's not Australia? Yeah. You want to go to someplace else that's not Australia, you kind of have to take a plane. Plane or, or a boat. boat. There are boats that can go some places. And so he's catching fuel from the, the fallen cars. Yeah, because... It's a rare commodity now. Yeah, um, it's more finite than today because nobody's even producing it anymore. Well, yeah, mostly there is a. Well, we do find out later. We do yeah. find, yeah, one, one place. And um, we see that frickin' Birdman biker make a hawk scream at him. Yeah, this guy is um, a thing. His name is Wes. Yeah. And um, he wears. Assless chaps and a thong. So you see, right. you see his ass like all over in this movie. Yeah, you do. Uh, and um, he's, he's got his 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 slave. I don't know how to describe that dude. It's like Mister Slave from. Well, at first, it's a very very effeminate blonde boy that. In the uh, in the script, it's referred to as the Golden Youth, although they never say that in the movie. Right. 
but yeah, he's and he's 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 his boyfriend basically. Well, or girlfriend, I don't know. He's boyfriend, a, girlfriend, lover. He's a significant his, other. Yeah, his his partner. I mean, yeah, he's got him a, a chain around him. But that's like, like I said, he's kind of got that Mister Slave vibe from yeah. South Park. But there is an emotional connection. We find out later. I think it's just some kink. Yeah, they're they're just doing the thing. It's fine. Yeah. And so no the, kink shaming for me. There's not a lot of dialogue in the movie, though. Uh, Max finds a, you know, a truck, which actually is important later on. We find out. Yes, actually, very. But very he, important. he finds this semi full of dead people, and a like music box. You get like a nice jump scare as the decayed body falls out of the. Yeah. But he finds like the remains of a music box, like just the little thing, which the subtitles informed him he was a hurdy gurdy. Yeah, I'm guessing that's an Australian yeah. sl- slang of some kind for the the subtitle said hurdy gurdy plays happy birthday. Yeah. And he he continues wandering through the wasteland, and he comes across this abandoned gyrocopter, and he goes up to check it out, and there's a snake that he catches. Some nice- some nice booba on the side of. Uh... Oh yes, because <laughs> you gotta have booba on your gyrocopter. Yeah, you do. That's uh, just uh, uh, just like those old World War Two pilots from the women right. on their planes. Yeah, you can't fly it without having booba. That's just how it works. And the guy that owns it, we we meet here. He's pretty creepy. He's the kind of one that would draw boobs on everything. He is the kind of guy who draws boobs on everything. And also, no hurt snack. Yeah. No, it's a snake. <laughs> that's uh, that's basically the the gist of it. As he pops out of the ground. Yeah, and he talks about how he's trained snakes and everything. And he it, talks about how smart he is. I mean, it was a good trap. And he is smart. He built a gyrocopter. <laughs> he made a fucking gyrocopter. Yeah. Yeah, in the, in the apocalypse, that takes some some mad skill there. And he's only called the gyro captain. He doesn't get a real name. I mean, to be fair, does anybody get a real name? I mean, they do, but I think doesn't that lady later call just called the Warrior Woman or something like yeah, that? Yeah, she's called the wa- really, she's called the Warrior Woman. Nobody gets names in this fucking movie. Max is the only one with a name. Yeah, I mean, most of the names are nicknames, even if they do have like a name. Yeah, and so, oh yeah, he says he plays mahjong with the snakes. Are snakes good at mahjong? I don't think they are. That anaconda last week sure as hell wasn't. No. He's getting good at eating uh, John Voight, though. Just yes. the best part. Um, maybe John Voight was not good at Mahjong. Who knows? Maybe not. But at first, he's got the guns on Max, but Max gets the, the spin around because he keeps pointing out Max very clever and fast. Yeah. And so yeah. Max trains up the guy. Who's like, oh, well, I know a place where you can get fuel. They have an actual drill and a refinery that goes ka-chunk, ka-chunk, ka-chunk. He keeps saying that. In his defense, it does do that. Yeah, it does go ka-chunk, ka-chunk. And so they, they journey and they find the refinery and with a big camp around it that is cons- under constant siege by this gang. And they watch this refinery for a long fucking time. Yeah, for a break in the siege. Um, and you hear... Like the announcements, you know, of during the siege, and it's Lord Humongous that's like, "Bring me the fuel for the glory of Humongous." Yeah, he's got Toady, the uh, 
the announcer for him. Yes. The hype man. And you can't hear too well, but you see better in the subtitles the orders he's calling out. He's Smegma Warriors to the right, gay boys at the gates. Yeah. Yeah, Humongous is weird. You don't see him yet, though. No, not yet. You just hear the gang shouting out their stuff as they're laying siege to... Basically, he's named all of his units like a a 14-year-old boy would. I know. It's literally the Sepulchre's Apocalyptic. They're living out these weird masculine fantasies. Uh, Yeah, that's probably what the commentary is. I think that might be what we're saying here. Yeah. And so Max hangs out and eats some dog food with Dog. Who is very food aggressive. Yes, because uh, Gyro Captain wants some dog food too. And the dog's like, fuck no, after Max eats, I eat. And I put in here that the gang leaves, but that's in quote. It's siege tactics is what they're doing. Yeah. They've backed off for a bit. And so the uh, the beleaguered refinery, they send out some scouts. Some scouts, which the gangsters take. That's siege tactics. You don't let them get anything out. <laughs> right. Well, and they also, somebody, one of the two of them tried to leave. A couple tries to leave. Yeah. Because they have this argument about, should have told them not to leave. And um, they incapacitate the guy, and they, they rape the woman. Right. I don't think they rape the guy this time. No, no, they don't, but... They, um, Max. Wes, ha- Wes has no interest in any of the, uh, post beating facil- facil- uh, festivities. Yeah. He just kind of looks at them derisively and rides off. With his blonde them- boy. That's right, and just lets them do their thing. And Gyro Captain, he's watching this with Max. There they got binoculars and a telescope. Yeah, Gyro Captain's got the longest telescope in, like, the history of, like, collapsing telescopes. And he's watching, and they got the woman naked, and he's smiling at first. But as they start to brutalize, you see his face just turn into shock gradually and gradually as they rape her. And he's yeah. just like, no, no. And then they kill her, and he's just, like, aghast. It's like, you've lived out here for a while. You, you know, you'd think that this is something you'd expect, right? Yeah. Well, because at first he's like, oh, yeah, booba. And then he's like, oh, no, they're, they're, oh, God, this is horrible, no, I don't I want I guess he just spends too much time with his snakes. Yeah, but... Doesn't see other people. So Max sees this as his end of the refinery. He goes and he takes the, the beaten up guy whose name is Nathan. He gets a name. Oh, yeah, he does. He's, he's Nathan. He's got, like, two lines of dialogue and he gets a name. Yeah, and so he takes him into the camp. You know, this is his way in. He's like, I got your guy. You know, and it's like, I'll trade you this guy for fuel. Well, the guy says, if you bring me in, I'll give you fuel. And he's like, all right. But he doesn't live long enough to tell everybody <laughs> yeah, that he made this deal. As soon as they get there, he, he dies. They and... try to give him breast milk to keep him alive. <laughs> Which we do see again in Fury Road. <laughs> yes, we do. And so they chain up Max. Well, they, they handcuff him. Which he gets the handcuffs off right away, but he doesn't leave. And that's when Humongous comes on the scene with his gang, and they're all in, like, leather and thongs. And So Humongous, you know, he's got his herald in Toadie. Yes. Who's, like, 
Greetings from the Humongous, the Ayatollah of Rock and Rolla, the Warrior is, uh, of the Wasteland. Which is what Chris uh, Jericho refers to himself, uh, or did when he was uh, wrestling in the early 2000s. And obviously, uh, it's obviously, obviously where he got it from. And Humongous, he's got a giant metal hockey mask. Yeah, and uh, some, scouts, some of the scouts strung up on front. Yeah, it's his like vehicle. living um, hood ornaments. Yeah, and they're they're screaming, "Don't listen to him! Don't listen! Help us!" Um, very much because you have in Fury Road, Max is the same way. Yeah, they they strap him to the hood too. Yeah, there's a lot. Fury Road has a lot of nods back to this movie. Obviously, I mean, same director, but I think there's a lot of the little references are you know. It, you know, Easter eggs for fans of the Road Warrior. And Humongous gives his speech, and he's got a very, like, distinct pattern in talking. He's, again, very charismatic, much like uh, Toe Cutter, very charismatic. Yeah. And he's like, you, you, we know your plan. You, you, you sent those scouts out to try and find a rig to take your big, big gas tank with you. What a puny plan. The Humongous rules the wasteland. The Lord Humongous, the warrior of the wasteland, the Ayatollah of Rotten Roller! I am gravely disappointed. Again, you have made me unleash my dogs of war. Look at what remains of your gallant scouts. Why? Because you're selfish. Hold your gasoline. You would not listen to reason. Now, my prisoners say, you plan to take your gasoline out of the wasteland. You send them out this morning to find a vehicle, a rig big enough to hold that fat tank of gas. What a puny plan. Look around you. This is the value of death. And that's when we meet Feral Kid, who is only yep. called Feral Kid. That's his name. Mm-hmm. And actually, when I f- he's first talk, because Feral Kid is just hair everywhere. Um, yeah. Wearing furs and has the longest hair that first um, Feral Kid was very androgynous. Yeah, I can't tell. And it's yeah, well, we know uh, apparently at least masculine presenting by the end, but yeah, by the end. But like the first time I watched it, I thought Feral Kid was a girl. Yeah, could have been. Um, it's not really until. In fact, I would say until the very end, we're not really sure. Yeah, we're not very sure until the very, very end. But Feral Kid only speaks in growls and grunts. Jumps out of his little hole, and um. Has this big ass metal boomerang? And, He's got a bladed boomerang, and like this chainmail bear claw on his hand. Yeah, so that he can catch the so, boomerang. Because he throws the boomerang, and it zips around, and then he like stop motion runs to grab it. Yeah, it was a little bit, a little bit, uh, bit funky. <laughs> and it's like right in the middle of Humongous' speech, like the whole gang stops to watch this fucking kid. 
and they have a little lab, and then he throws the boomerang again. Wex dodges it, and it just takes out the blonde lover. It takes out his lover, yeah. Right in the head. Right, right in the head. And um, Wex just, like, gets mad and throws the boomerang, and it whips around, and fucking Tony's like, I got it, I got it. And the whole gang is like, Tony, no, don't. It cuts off all his fingers. Cuts off his fingers. And everyone has a good laugh. Everyone's laughing at him. And Humongous is like, stop fucking laughing. We're in the middle of something important here, okay? That's right. I mean, there's a reason that kid's wearing the chainmail gauntlet, dude. (laughs) You can't catch it barehanded. And so Humongous gives them this, like, hey, I'm, I'm a reasonable man here. So we had too much violence, too much pain. It's been a very long siege of Jerusalem. Um, just walk away. Just, just, just walk away. You can you can leave. I'll let you guys all live. Give you safe passage to the wasteland if you just walk away. Yeah, we don't know how long this has been going on, but it, presumably it's been a while. Yeah, because a warrior woman. No, it's not warrior woman. It's the woman with the fucking head shit. Yeah, the weirdest fucking ponytail in the world. <laughs> I don't think she ever gets even a nickname. Nope. She's like, yeah, every day they come, and they we keep getting weaker, and they keep getting stronger. And, you know, they're trying to figure out what to do, because Humongous has given him 24 hours. And 23 have already passed? And 23 have already passed. Yeah, yes, Dolomite. <laughs> and so Max is like, yo, hey, hey. Two days ago, I saw a tanker that could carry, you know, rig that can carry that. You want to get out of here? You talk to me. And so he makes the deal that he's going to go fetch them this this semi-tanker. Max going full Han Solo at this point. In in exchange for fuel. And they're like, okay, that's the only option. Because their plan is to drive to this, like, what is it, the Sunshine Coast or something? Yeah. And they're like, yo, it's 2,000 miles away. Yeah, basically a different part of the country. I had to look up. I'm like, is there any part of Australia that's 2,000 miles from another part of Australia? Yes, the country is massive. Well, just barely. It is about 2,000 miles from north to south. And about 2,800 from east to west. Yeah, it is a... It's a... It's a big fucking country. But they're talking about they're going north. So they must be going to the northern coast. Then. I really yeah, don't know. But the they must of be Australia. like at the very bottom of, of Australia. If it's going to take them 2,000 miles to the northern coast. And we have their, their leader. It's called Papagallo. Yep. That's the thing. And we have a little bit of... Um, He's got kind of cult vibes to him, too. He does. He's not as... He's beloved, but not as feared. Yeah. Still got a little bit of that John Tesh energy going on. Big John Tesh energy yeah, going on. Yeah, he's got that blonde hair. Yeah. So, Feral Kid kind of bonds with Max, and Max gives him the, the music box. The hurdy-gurdy, as it were. The hurdy-gurdy. And he manages to sneak past the siege with Feral Kid's help. Yeah, he like... Feral kids making like dog ha- or wolf howls or dingo howls or whatever the fuck would be out there. Yeah, which gets the dogs out there going. So when they they don't pay attention to Max making noise, he started to howl. Yeah, 
he sneaks past and he happens to run back into Gyro Captain. Who has freed himself, kinda, but is still attached to a giant piece of wood, so he's getting not very far. Yeah, he's dragging this fucking tree with him. <laughs> and Max lets him go. He's like, yeah, I can use your help here. And they get on the gyro and fly to the, the tanker. Yep. Um, and, you know, gyro captain is friends with him. And now he's like, we're partners. We're partners. Yeah, Max frees him and goes, do whatever the fuck you want. And just drives off. <laughs> And Jarrow Captain's talking about the good old days. He's like, remember lingerie? Oh yeah, I love this. Like, oh, you fucking perf. I remember when women smelled good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so, Max gets the, the semi. He, and now he has to drive through the siege. Fucking gyro, gyro pilot. Biggest coomer ever. Yeah. And so, Max... Plows right through the siege. Uh, you know, the gang's throwing, you know, they're shooting crossbows at him. Couple's fucking in a tent somewhere. Yes, yes, I have that one because he drives past this tent and there's just these people. The tent flies away and there's these people fucking on the, in it. They're like, God damn it. I like to assume and, they just went back to fucking right after that, though. And the gyro captain helps out by flying above and just dropping snake bombs on people. <laughs> He's just throwing snakes into people's cars. <laughs> uh, you use the tools you have. So they land. Okay. You know, they get in. And then Gyro Captain and the punky hair girl, they, they hit it off right away. Yeah. And I, that that just stuns me because the Gyro Captain is not a young man. He's Nor is he attractive or friendly. <laughs> but he, and he just the first he, thing he does. He's a good guy. He's a good guy. But, he, but, like, the first thing he does when he lands his gyrocopter is look at that punky hair girl with his, like, toothless hair. <laughs> and the next scene is them trying to escape away together, and he's like, oh, sweetheart, oh, honey. And, like, everything else, he's, like, hugging and loving on her. Humongous makes the ultimatum that nobody's ever getting out of their life, that they, they fucked over. Yeah. And they're planning to leave that night. And, oh, I have the line of when they pulled the... the tanker trailer in the fucking mechanic is awesome by the way yeah he is because he's he's paralyzed he gets around on this like series of pulleys yeah but he totally knows how to fix cars he does because he barely looks at this car for five minutes and they're like what's wrong he's like it's got a cracked timing case cover it's broken a couple teeth in the timing gear the radiator's damaged to the core it's got a cracked water pump a fractured injector line and they're like it'll take 24 hours you got 12 okay yeah that sounds like a that that sounds like a mechanic, right? Yeah, okay. We, yeah. We can do it in 12. Dazzle. <laughs> <laughs> and so he's going to fix up the, the tanker. And so they're making their plan to leave, you know, within the next 12 hours. And that's when the gyro captain, the punky girl, trying to sneak away. And she goes, nope, nope, this is my family. I'm staying. So apparently he is too. If he wants to get a piece of that, that weird looking girl. <laughs> yep. And so he decides to stay, so... And so that's when they, they bring Max the offer of, like, we want you to drive it. And he's like, no, I'm Han Solo. That's right. This is literally the Han Solo moment where he's like, I've got my pay. I'm leaving. Yeah. And so he gets his shield and he goes out. Um, Papa Gala's like, okay, I'm going to drive the tanker then. And as soon as Max heads out, Wes chases after him with a group. 
which pisses Humongous yeah, off. Yeah, Humongous is not happy about this. He's like, you disobey me, you puppy! So he leashes him later. But first... But first, yeah, they chase down Max, and they run his car off the road and just fucking destroy it. Well, they try to steal the oil, but... Uh, yeah, we never mentioned that his car is booby trapped. It is actually... That out to, yeah, it actually yeah. is booby trapped. So when they try to steal the car, it just fucking explodes, and it kills Toadie. Yeah, they tried. Uh, they shot the dog. Rip dog. They, yeah, they kill dog. No. Yeah, dog goes down. And um, Max is about to die, but uh, our boy Gyro Captain shows up, gives him the post-apocalyptic airlift. Yeah, when again reminding we're partners. Yeah. Relax. Actually, it's like weird because it's like kind of all blurry. Yeah. It's almost sinister the way he says, "Relax, <laughs> partner." In my head, the mash theme is playing. Yeah, <laughs> it is. I mean, because they he airlifts him into the the camp to get medical. Yes, treatment. literally, Max air, is, literally airlifts him into the camp. He's laying in the gyrocopter as they go down, and so they um they they're making their plan that the everyone's gonna go after the tanker trailer, so everyone's gonna scatter and they'll you know rendezvous two hundred miles down the road. And Max is like, well, if it's all the same to you, I'll drive that tanker. And, yeah, that's when Humongous shows back up, and Wes is chained for disobedience. Not pissed at him enough to kill him yet, but pissed at him enough to leash him up. To leash him up to his truck, as a, as a hood ornament. So Max is getting ready to drive out on the, this tanker is now armed. Yeah, they've got, like, it uh, is, siege barricades up top. They've got, like, yeah, a there's reinforced steel and fucking ram on the front. It's wrapped in barbed wire. Um... It's Furiosa's rig. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's got those like siege stations up top with Warrior Woman and the mechanic. Yeah. As they've got crossbows and flamethrowers and shit. And um, Feral Kid wants to go with Max, and nobody's stopping him. <laughs> no one stops Feral Kid from doing anything. Well, they try, but you know he 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 gets right on there. He's he loves Max now. Yeah. So they uh they bust out with the rig, you know. The road warrior is road war is on here. Has planned. Everyone goes after the uh, the rig. Yes. As everyone else kind of scatters and leaves, a bunch of gang the gang goes into the refinery camp. And they rigged it to blow, so those guys Which, die. Yeah, and as it would be, it's a huge fucking explosion. Yeah. I mean, this one makes Michael Bay's weak in the knees, and yeah, <laughs> he's got Michael Bay has a. Uh, three quarters chub just thinking about it yeah but um huge fucking explosion and so they 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 all chase after max with the fuel rig and it is fucking awesome yeah sick car chase um i mean if you could call beautiful it beautiful aerial photography probably from the of this car chase <laughs> yeah uh, you get it also in um in fury road yeah those big long aerial shots of all these cars you have that here so expensive to do this shit. I know. Especially in 1981. It's, it is in sick, 1981, though. you had to get a man on a helicopter. Yeah. They could do it with a drone, uh, I guess. But. Yeah, nowadays they do it with drones. Which is like a quarter of the price of a fucking dude in a yeah, helicopter. Even, yeah, even a drone with an expensive camera. Like, it's cheaper than getting a dude up on a helicopter. 
they're trying to assault, you know, they're all climbing on top, attacking the tanker. We lose warrior woman. Wes takes her out with his, like, multi-fire crossbow yeah, he's got, turret. He's got like, yeah, he's got, like, a organ gun that fires, that fires crossbow bolts. Yeah, and shoots, like, five at a time. Kills her, and, um, the fucking mechanic dude sets his ass on fire. Because he's throwing Molotovs off the back. And he gets hit in the with a bolt and drops the, the crossbow, and he doesn't realize he's on fire at first, because, you know, he's paralyzed. He the waist, yeah. And then he's putting it out, and his hands are on fire, and he's like, I'm fine! I'm fine! Because he's got gloves on his hands, so it's not burning his hands. He's got, like, leather gloves. But... Yeah, but he looks like that fucking meme with the dog in the yeah. house on fire. Yep. I'm fine. Everything's fine. Everything's fine. Because he does die. I mean, he does put... He doesn't burn to death. He puts out the fire. Yeah, that's true. But he gets pulled off later. Yeah, everybody on the, uh... On the top of the vehicle oh, yeah, goes down. They shoot that fucking grappling hook onto the back that goes through his leg. Yeah, and then they pull that whole thing off. Uh, yeah, and there's that car that's, like, attached to the grappling hook swinging around. I'm like, that is... Why is that car waving around and not ripping off that man's leg yet? <laughs> Yeah, that's bad luck too. Because if just the grappling hook had landed and just like wrapped on, he could just throw the grappling hook off. But the fact that it got stuck in his leg, yeah, and they ripped the whole back off. And you know they they start to assault the cab, the truck, where, where Feral Kid is biting at people. Yep. And Papa Gallo comes up like, "Kid, kid, jump on the car, jump on the car, kid." Papa Gallo gets it from Wes again with the the fucking super crossbow. Humongous is showing up at some point throwing uh throwing super an aerodynamic sphere things. Yeah, that's how Papagallo dies. He gets one of those fucking spear things in the back. Not even sure how you throw those. <laughs> yeah, there's no haft. There's no haft. They look like I, I I don't even know how those would move through the air other than just being like a rock. Yeah, because they're just big giant fucking blades. Yeah. <laughs> Very weird. Also, Humongous has NOS. On his car. He does. Which And he lets Wes go. It's like, let's release the beast. And they, they unchain Wes. Yeah, they, they literally unchained the hound. They unleashed the hound. Literally. Yeah. And so he's climbing up on there to... Well, no. First, Wes takes out the, the gyro. Oh, yeah. With his crossbow bolts. That seemed yep. reasonable. And so he crashes down. And Max has shotgun shells that he's been collecting the whole movie. Yeah. Like, every time that he impresses somebody in the camp, they hand him, like, three or four shotgun shells. So he's, he's got a small collection now. Yeah, but they all get, once he gets attacked... Oh, yeah, they just go everywhere. They go everywhere, and there's some on the hood of the cab. And that's when he sends fucking Feral Kid out onto the, the hood of the cab to get them. I know, right? And the music is so fucking intense this whole whole time. But when Feral Kid's on the hood, the, the music stops. You know, because this is, like, fucking intense. He's going, like, what, 70, 80 miles an hour, and this kid's barely clinging to the hood of the, the truck. I mean, Feral Kid's uh, a pretty a pretty tough dude, but, like, I don't, I don't know if I'd send a kid out into the hood of a car at full speed, even one as, as capable as, as Feral Kid. But he's the only one there who can. It's true. I mean, even if Max wanted to, he's, like, Spear Max and shot. Spear, yeah, he can't. And he still has to drive the fucking thing. 
Right, because he's still recovering from his car crash wounds from before, and he's still got his, like, stabilized leg from the bullet wound he sustained in the first movie. Yeah. Or whatever he was shot with. I think it was a gun. And Wes is, like, on the hood of the car, like Indiana Jones in Raiders of the Lost Ark. <laughs> the way he's on, on the, the front of that truck. Yep. Is Wes was holding on like that, and so he jumps up, and Feral Kid and them are screaming at each other. And Wes and Max end up with like this tug of war over the kid. And then Humongous shows up on in the front of him, and then just runs Wes right through Humongous' vehicle. Yeah, pulls Feral Kid back just in time. Yep. And running through Humongous' vehicle, um, topples the the tanker. Yep. And somehow Max and the kid get up and walk out just fine. Well, barely fine. The kid's fine. Max is really beat the fuck up. Yeah, but I don't know if Max is more beat up than he was before. He was beat up, beat up to begin with. And the gyro captain comes up on just... His gyro is basically a beat up car now. Somehow he survived that crash. No idea. Yeah, and he just kind of smirks at them. And we find out that the tanker is full of sand. Yep, it was a decoy. It was a decoy. All the... Fuel was in tanker um in barrels on the bus. When the re- the small remnant of Humongous's gang notice it's all sand, they just kind of sulk away. They're just like, oh, oh fuck it. They lost their leader over nothing. <laughs> Literal nothing. Literal sand, which is it's everywhere. And we have Feral Kid looking out of the back of the bus, waving goodbye to Max, and he's like, "I grew up to become a man." It's like, oh, the kid is the narrator, okay. Yeah, the kid's been the narrator and that, you know, eventually he became, well, Gyro Captain became the chief. Yeah, he, Gyro Captain becomes interim chief after taking over from Papa Gallo. And probably marrying a punky-haired woman. Siring many Coomer children. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and then the kid, I guess, becomes the leader. So. Yeah, because he's like, and then I became the chief of the great northern tribe. And apparently everything was great. Yeah. I mean, as great as it can be in the existence of post-apocalyptic Australia. Um, but that's The Road Warrior. This movie's fucking awesome. <laughs> I, I do like this movie a lot. I, I wish I hadn't seen Fury Road before. Because this movie is, like, Fury Road, the, George Miller just went, okay, I kind of want to remake Road Warrior, but also with modern technology and, like, the most epic music ever. Yeah. And he's like, okay, we're just going to do that. <laughs> and that's basically what Road, Fury Road was. It's just updated Road Warrior. Yeah. Well, I... I was lucky to watch Road Warrior back in high school. I like this movie, don't get me wrong. It's way better than Mad Max. Um, oh, yeah. It's just hard, though, having seen Fury Road and going, oh, I see You know, I see where all of this came from. That's cool. Road Warrior, Road Warrior is awesome. And he you know, took all the stuff he learned from Road Warrior and was like, I'm just going to make a better version of Road Warrior. And nailed it. Yeah. We have Thunderdome in between there. And Thunderdome is... I've not seen Thunderdome, but I've heard it is... Um, Interesting. It is, um, you know, sometime in the future, maybe when Furiosa comes out, we'll we'll do a pairing of Thunderdome and Fury Road. That would be cool. I mean, I'm I'm down. Thunderdome. It's it's got uh, it's it's interesting. It's got Tina Turner in it though. It does have Tina Turner in it? And it's got a fucking dude that wears a midget and calls himself Master Blaster. <laughs> That's right. 
Always keep it weird, George. Always keep it weird. Then there's a fucking, like, tribe of children that live in these caves and worship airplanes. It's weird. It's like a little lamplight in Fallout 3. <laughs> yeah, um, but yeah, Road Warrior is just fucking amazing. Yeah, it's it's cool. It's just so, this is an incredibly important movie just because of, it not only influenced film, right? Like, post-apocalyptic, everything you think of, like, visually, it's like when you think of post-apocalyptic movies or games or books, like, what is the image you get? You know, desert and cars and dudes in leather, right? Like, like that's the aesthetic. He, the movie created the post-apocalyptic aesthetic. Yes. Oh, apparently the uh, the punky-haired girl is just called the Captain's Girl. Oh, good. I'm glad we're I'm glad we're we're doing that. Yeah, she had a name. <laughs> I mean, she had as much of the game as the gyro captain. Yeah. Um. But yeah, this movie. You know, if you loved World Warrior, you'll love um, Fury Road. You'll love this one too. It's not his technologically refined, right? Although even for 1981, the special effects are amazing. Yeah, yeah. No, it's for this era. It definitely, it definitely did did the thing. It was it was super ahead of its time. It was super. It, I mean, it was incredibly successful when it came out too. So it's not like. Oh, and it's left a huge legacy. It's not a. It wasn't a cult film. This was like a legit, like smash hit when it came out. Apparently, they built a Mad Max museum in New South Wales, Australia. I mean, if I'm ever in New South Wales, I will have to go to it. The odds of me getting to New South Wales anytime soon are pretty slim, though. There was an interview I was reading with one of the, the stunt people on this who who said, "quote He's like, there were no injuries." Touch wood, thanks to George Miller's, you know, direction. And it was like, touch wood, not knock on wood like we do. Uh, that's what's great about, like, the Commonwealth countries and their different slang. Yeah. It's always kind of interesting to hear. It's like, oh, that's what that means. And then, like, some of us end up using it on a day to day basis accidentally. But I'm gonna I'm gonna say that at work now. Touch wood. Uh, touch wood. But yeah, this movie is just um, and it does have a hero's journey. Yeah. You know, he finds his redemption. He gets his humanity back ish. You know, because he's fine in Thunderdome, but like beginning of Fury Road, he is broken. Yeah, I think I mean Fury Road is kind of a, a sort of a soft reboot, right? It's more like yeah. Because he does find his humanity again in Fury Road. I think it, it, but that, Fury Road is kind of like... You can almost go Mad Max into Fury Road, right? Like, yeah, you could just skip right over Thunderdome. Because Fury Road is basically a different version of Road Warrior. Yeah, It's it like, is. what happens to Max after the shit goes down at the end of Mad Max? Well, it could be Road Warrior, or it could be Fury Road. It kind of falls into that same, because Max is just kind of beat to shit. It's like, it could have been like, oh, what happened to Max after Mad Max? Oh, some shit happened, and he ended up in this place. And same thing with Thunderdome, because he's beat to shit at the beginning of that movie, meets this cave full of funky kids, and, you know, is motivated to save them. Yeah, kind of the same. I mean, yeah, I mean, any of these movies can be the pickup point after... Mad Max. Because the whole climax of Thunderdome is essentially the, the ending of Fury Road. Yeah. But with 
all kids. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so it's like Fury Road meets Little Orphan Annie or some shit. Oh, Thunderdome. But yeah, we'll get to that one eventually. Because next week we're doing Butcher Baker Nightmare Maker. Really, really amazing LGBT horror film. Oh, okay. Cool. Yep. Um, And then after that we're doing Zomcom. Ah, uh, yes. Always good times. Yep. So that was Road Warrior. Hope you enjoyed it. You, you goddamn better have. <laughs> Make sure to subscribe to us on Spotify, Apple, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And if you like what we do, make sure to leave a review and let others know. Help get the word out. For more episodes, check out our website, exploitatpodcast.com. Follow us on Twitter, at Podcast Exploit, or on Instagram, at exploitatpodcast. Or contact us at exploitatpodcast at gmail.com. Join us next week for Butcher Baker Nightmare Maker, which apparently has another title, but I forgot what it was.